Fourth Day, Tale Thirty Two Of the Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre by Marguerite of Navarre. Translated by George Saintsbury. Fourth day, tale thirty two. King Charles, eighth of the name, sent into Germany a gentleman called Bernage, Lord of Sivray, near Amboise, who to make good speed spared not to travel both by day and night. In this wise he came very late one evening to a gentleman's castle where he asked for lodging a request which was not granted him without great difficulty however when the gentleman came to know that he was servant to so great a king he went to him and begged him not to take the churlishness of his servants in bad part since he was obliged to keep his house thus closed on account of certain of his wife's kinsfolk who sought to do him hurt bernage then told him the nature of his mission wherein the gentleman offered to serve the interests of the king his master so far as in him lay and he forthwith led bernage into the house where he lodged and entertained him honourably it was the hour for supper and the gentleman led him into a handsome room hung with beautiful tapestry where as soon as the meats were served he saw come from behind the hangings the most beautiful woman it were possible to behold Though her head was shorn and she was dressed in black garments of the German fashion After the gentleman had washed his hands with Bernage Water was borne to the lady who also washed hers and then sat down at the end of the table without speaking to the gentleman or he to her the Lord de Bernage looked very closely at her and thought her one of the most beautiful women he had ever seen except that her face was very pale and its expression very sad after eating a little she asked for a drink which was brought to her by a servant in a most marvellous vessel for it was a death's head the eye-holes of which were closed with silver and from this she drank two or three times when she had supped the lady washed her hands made a reverence to the lord of the house and retired again behind the tapestry without speaking to any one bernage was exceedingly amazed at this strange sight and became very melancholy and thoughtful the gentleman who perceived this then said to him i perceive that you are astonished at what you have seen at this table but for the sake of the excellence that I find in you I will explain the matter so that you may not think I could show such cruelty without reasons of great weight The lady whom you saw is my wife I loved her more than ever man loved woman insomuch that in order to marry her I forgot all fear and brought her hither in defiance of her relations on her part she showed me so many tokens of love that i would have risked ten thousand lives in bringing her hither to her delight and mine and here we lived for a while in such peace and gladness that i deemed myself the happiest gentleman in christendom but it came to pass upon my undertaking a journey which my honour compelled me to make she forgot her honour 
conscience and love for me to such a degree as to fall in love with a young gentleman whom I had brought up in this house and this I thought I could perceive when I returned home again nevertheless the love I bore her was so great that I was not able to mistrust her until at last experience opened my eyes and made me see what I dreaded more than death whereupon my love for her was turned to frenzy and despair in such wise that i watched her closely and one day while feigning to walk abroad i hid myself in the room in which she now dwells thither she withdrew soon after my departure and sent for the young gentleman whom i saw come in with such familiarity as should have been mine alone but when i saw him about to get upon the bed beside her i sprang out seized him in her very arms and slew him and as my wife's crime seemed to me so great that death would not suffice to punish it i laid upon her a penalty which she must hold i think to be more bitter than death and this penalty was to shut her up in the room to which she was wont to retire to take her greatest pleasures in the company of him for whom she had more love than she had for me and there I further placed in a cupboard all her lover's bones hanging there even as precious things are hung up in a cabinet That she may not lose the memory of this villain I caused her to be served with his skull in place of a cup When she is eating and drinking at table and this always in my presence so that she may behold alive him whom her guilt has made her mortal enemy and dead through love of her him whose love she did prefer to mine and in this wise at dinner and at supper she sees the two things that must be most displeasing to her to wit her living enemy and her dead lover and all this through her own great sinfulness in other matters i treat her as i do myself save that she goes shorn for an array of hair beseems not the adulteress nor avail the unchaste for this reason is her hair cut showing that she has lost the honor of virginity and purity Should it please you to take the trouble to see her I will lead you to her To this Bernage willingly consented and going downstairs They found her in a very handsome apartment seated all alone in front of the fire The gentleman drew aside a curtain that hung in front of a large cupboard wherein could be seen hanging a dead man's bones Bernage greatly longed to speak to the lady, but durst not do so for fear of the husband The gentleman perceiving this thereupon said to him if it be your pleasure to say anything to her You will see what manner of grace and speech is hers Then said Bernage to her lady your patience is as great as your torment. I hold you to be the most unhappy woman alive with tears in her eyes and with the humblest grace imaginable the lady answered sir i acknowledge my offence to have been so great that all the woes that the lord of this house for i am not worthy to call him husband may be pleased to lay upon me are nothing in comparison with the grief i feel at having offended him so saying she began to weep bitterly the gentleman took bernage by the arm and led him away on the following morning Bernage took his leave in order to proceed on the mission that the king had given him However in bidding the gentleman farewell he could not refrain from saying to him 
sir the love i bear you and the honour and friendship that you have shown me in your house constrain me to tell you that having regard to the deep penitence of your unhappy wife you should in my opinion take compassion upon her you are moreover young and have no children and it would be a great pity that so fair a lineage should come to an end and that those who perhaps have no love for you should become your heirs the gentleman who had resolved that he would never more speak to his wife pondered a long time on the discourse held to him by the lord de bernage and at last recognized that he had spoken truly and promised him that if his wife should continue in her present humility he would at some time have pity upon her accordingly bernage departed on his mission and when he had returned to his master the king he told him the whole story which the prince upon inquiry found to be true and as bernage among other things had made mention of the lady's beauty the king sent his painter who was called john of paris that he might make and bring him a living portrait of her which with her husband's consent he did and when she had long done penance the gentleman in his desire to have offspring and in the pity that he felt for his wife who had submitted to this penance with so much humility took her back again and afterwards had by her many handsome children if ladies all those whom a like adventure has befallen were to drink out of similar vessels i greatly fear that many a gilt cup would be turned into a death's head may god keep us from such a fortune for if his goodness do not restrain us there is none among us but might do even worse but if we trust in him he will protect those who confess that they are not able to protect themselves those who confide in their own strength are in great danger of being tempted so far as to be constrained to acknowledge their frailty many have stumbled through pride in this way while those who were reputed less discreet have been saved with honor the old proverb says truly whatsoever god keeps is well kept the punishment said parlement was in my opinion a most reasonable one for just as the offence was more than death so ought the punishment to have been i am not of your opinion said enna sweet i would rather see the bones of all my lovers hanging up in my cabinet than die on their account there is no misdeed that cannot be repaired during life but after death there is no reparation possible how can shame be repaired said longarine you know that whatever a woman may do after a misdeed of that kind she cannot repair her honour i pray you said enna sweet tell me whether the magdalene has not now more honour among men than her sister who continued a virgin i acknowledge said longarine that we praise her for the great love she bore to jesus christ and for her deep repentance yet the name of sinner clings to her i do not care what name men may give me said enna sweet if only god forgive me and my husband do the same there is nothing for which i should be willing to die if the lady loved her husband as she ought said dagoucin 
I am amazed that she did not die of sorrow on looking at the bones of the man whom her guilt had slain Why Dagoucin returns Simontault have you still to learn that women know neither love nor even grief? Yes, I still have to learn it said Dagoucin for I have never made trial of their love through fear of finding it less than I desired Then you live on faith and hope said Nomafide, as the plover does on air You are easily fed I am content he replied with the love that I feel within myself and with the hope that there is the like in the hearts of the ladies if I knew that my hopes were true I should have such gladness that I could not endure it and live Keep clear of the plague said Geburon as for the other sickness you mention I will warrant you against it But I should like to know to whom the lady Oisille will give her boat I Give it she said to Simontault who I know will be sparing of none That he replied is as much as to say that I am somewhat given to slander However, I will show you that reputed slanderers have spoken the truth I am sure ladies that you are not so foolish as to believe all the tales that you are told no matter what show of sanctity They may possess if the proof of them be not clear beyond doubt Many an abuse lurks even under the guise of a miracle and for this reason I am minded to tell you the story of a miracle that will prove no less to the honor of a pious Prince than to the shame of a wicked minister of the church End of fourth day tale 32